Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. This episode of Inspiring Women, we are speaking with Megan Kruger. Megan is a registered nurse. Um, she worked at the Boston Healthcare for the Homeless Program. And Megan has a degree from Notre Dame in biology. She went to nursing school at Emory, and now she's at Boston Healthcare for the Homeless. And Megan, I'm really happy to be speaking to you today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Laurie. It's great to be here. Well, great. And, you know, it's always wonderful to talk to women like you who are sort of at the earlier stage in your career and you're doing some sounds like important work working with the homeless um, as a nurse. So why don't we get started with maybe what are you doing right now in your professional career? What is your job? What do you do? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, like you said, I'm working as a registered nurse at Boston Healthcare for the Homeless Program. We are a community health center that um, provides, you know, the goal is to provide equitable and dignified access to healthcare for um, homeless folks in the Boston area. So I work in our one of our shelter-based clinics in the um, city's women's shelter. I'm the nurse manager of that site. And then I also work as a nurse in a couple of our smaller women's health sites that we have um, in different day shelter and overnight shelter settings. Do you primarily work with women as the, as the patient that you deal with? So I do right now. Um, in the first two and a half years working here, I uh, I was at one of our shelter clinic at it, the day shelter where I worked with both men and women. But more recently in this current role, it is uh, more specifically women. Got it. So Megan, in terms of some of these choices and you know how you got here, you started at Notre Dame. You then decided to go to nursing school, and then you know to here with this program working with the homeless. So maybe give us a sense of the career choices that you made and what interested you in, in nursing in the first place. Sure. Yeah. So when I was at Notre Dame, I um, knew I wanted to go into healthcare. Didn't know exactly what kind of role I wanted to be in at that point, but also has always, have always been very service oriented. And so study biology. And then uh, after graduating, I think the really key piece to my whole career trajectory so far, I would say, is the post-grad year of service that I did called the Bon Secours Volunteer Ministry. It's an AmeriCorps type program. I um, was living in Baltimore for a year, uh, living in community with four other volunteers. We all had placements in within the community hospital system for that year. And that was really where I was first, my eyes were really opened to really extensive poverty and really to public health and community health and the importance of, of that. And it was also during that year that I, I worked directly with a nurse during that and learned a lot more about the role and figured out that was kind of where I felt like with my goals and my personality and everything that that's where I felt like I fit into the medical field. So. From there, during that year, I applied to nursing school 
ended up then at Emory for an accelerated bachelor's of nursing program there. So I was down there for a year and a half and then moved back closer to home to Boston and started working at Healthcare for the Homeless, which I had actually interned at uh, in between my junior and senior years of undergrad. So knew of the organization and, you know, ended up coming back and wanting to, to, to get back involved with them. So been here for about uh, four years now since. So. Right. And you stayed there. So, you know, nursing is a surface oriented field and there's no shortage of the need for nurses. I mean, that's a booming um, professional choice, but the staying with the working with this particular population of the homeless, you know, that's a specialized uh, population with specialized needs. And so what sort of kept your interest there for this length of time? It sounds like a bit more than just being service oriented. Right. Yeah. So I I will say it really probably goes back to that year of service I did in Baltimore. I think, again, like I said, when I first exposure there, I also, uh, while I was in Baltimore, joined back on my feet uh, group that I run with and volunteer with, where that was and has continued to be a chance to really get to know folks experiencing homelessness and in that, you know, opportunity running becomes this equalizer and people with very, very different backgrounds, you know, end up connecting over that commonality and that. So through that and through the time in Baltimore, I really, you just learned a lot more about homelessness. I think that in doing the work so far, the, you know, in this last four years, I think recognizing the need and the importance of that work has really kept me there. And it, I'm learning new things every day. I'm challenged every day. Everything is, is complicated by social factors and, you know, different, various different like disparities, social disparities that, you know, it really has kept my interest. And I feel that that's where I really feel kind of called to, to do work in that area. And I'm gathering, you feel also feeling like you're making an impact. I'd love to hear some perspective on sort of, you know, what did it, what did the, what did the work look like pre-pandemic versus what you're doing now, um, you know, mid or post, hopefully we'll see post-pandemic sometime in our future. What's the, what are the, some of the differences in, in terms of what work looks like? Sure. Yeah. So pre-pandemic in our normal times, um, we focus on providing primary care. So outpatient primary care visits, um, urgent care visits, kind of walk-in type of type of thing and um, following patients over the long-term for their primary care, preventative care needs. And things have really, yeah, obviously shifted quite a bit over the last year. Um, and I guess the the irony for me too is in my newer role, I had part of my schedule being devoted to infection control and kind of how that applies in a lot of just our regular clinic operations. With the pandemic, obviously everything was an infection control issue. And so my right. schedule completely kind of pivoted to mostly doing that. And um, But I would say as an organization, all of our staff were really redeployed to these different roles to meet the the new needs that came with the pandemic. I think the biggest challenge, especially at first for us was, all right, we, you know, our patients are living in shelters. They don't have a home. When someone is told to, they're COVID positive, they're told to isolate, they're exposed or they are waiting a test result and they're told to quarantine. They can't obviously do that in a shelter, congregate shelter setting. So where do they go? And so we as a program really had to act quickly. We put up temporary tent structures in a parking lot of uh, one of the shelters and staffed that with nurses, doctors, providers, and uh, case managers. 
We staffed also the field hospital that was opened up in the Boston Convention Center, and one, our respite program converted one of their floors into a COVID care unit to really meet that need. Because um, something we found early on, too, was that in the congregate shelter settings, about 35 to 40% of people, when we did mass testing, were coming back COVID positive and most of them being asymptomatic. So we knew this was really spreading fast in those settings and we needed to find different places to isolate folks and, and care for those with COVID. So yeah, everything really shifted shifted quite a bit. Yeah, and Megan, it, it, it sounds intense. So it sounds intense and probably with a lot of thinking on your feet. And you know, you mentioned being involved in public health and that we all know we've learned even more so through the pandemic that the public health infrastructure hasn't had the, near the level of investment perhaps to support, you know, the needs that came through from a pandemic. We've also learned a lot, you know, as a nation about the disproportionate impact of this pandemic on different populations, whether it's black and brown communities or other disadvantaged communities. So what have you seen, you know, in terms of, you know, what it meant to the people that you serve and, uh, you know, how are you seeing it change perhaps as we start to swing out of the um, pandemic? I know you're doing quite a bit of work in the area of vaccines. I imagine that it has its own set of unique challenges or potential opportunities. Yeah, I would say that I think working within the field of public health, we have, like, I've had the opportunity to, like, to learn a lot about the various disparities that exist and work with a very diverse population of patients. I think the pandemic has really amplified and magnified that and broadcasted on a broader scale that I think more of the general population is understanding all those disparities that exist, which, you know, I think if is a positive thing for there to be an increased awareness of to work toward decreasing those disparities. But I would say too, yeah, with the vaccination efforts, we were really intentional as a program to keep in mind, you know, what we know about the disparities and that, you know, that higher, higher risks for people living in certain communities, people of color, that in our, you know, using the phases of eligibility that the state and the gov the federal government put out, you know, in addition, we tried to prioritize, you know, when we were vaccinating our staff, vaccinating patients to go through and really make sure we were getting to those highest risk individuals first and offering it in the most equitable way that we could. So I really appreciate being able to be a part of an organization that took that so seriously and prioritized that in our vaccine rollout. How did that impact you, Megan? I mean, there also is a lot of awareness about just, you know, stress in the healthcare profession. And so you're in a pandemic, you're working with a very, uh, a population that needs um, a lot of care. And it sounds like you did a lot of work, you know, fast on the feet to help and support and be at the ready. How are you doing in terms of the stress of this? Has this been some of the most rewarding times of your career? Is this the most stressful, something in between what's going on there? Yeah, I would say probably both. So definitely a mix of most rewarding. I think being able to step back and see, you know, this is such a historic time that I, it's it's an honor really to be able to have been a part of it, particularly, you know, the vaccination efforts, but also the response when things were really uncertain and, and stressful and scary. And I mean, it, it definitely, when things start to slow down, I think sometimes that's when I realize like, wow, this has really had quite an impact. I really like to, you know, try my best to keep keep good balance between everything I'm doing at work and, um, you know, make sure I'm taking care of myself. I love to run and exercise. So always keeping that a part of my routine really helps keep me grounded. And then bringing in and really using the supports of people close to me to, you know, talk about 
the challenging things that have gone on at work. And, you know, and at the same time too, I think working, I feel like I work at an incredibly supportive organization where I feel really supported by my coworkers. And I also feel just very valued and seen, appreciated and cared for by the program as a whole, the senior leadership. Um, I think that really helps. So those are wonderful things to have, to have the support of coworkers um, that are around you, to have outlets to manage stress, exercise being a key one um, for you. And did you ever have points where those things just, you know, got out of whack? I mean, a lot of women who are working very aggressively and hard um, at their profession sometimes have uh, trouble balancing those things. And you are, again, you know, working on the front line in a pandemic where um, there's just a lot of need for the work to get done. Sure. Yeah. And I, I would say for sure. And more often over this last year than ever before there, you know, it feels like there's always things to do and there's great needs and there's a sense of urgency and it's hectic. And I've definitely had a hard time setting boundaries of not just continuing to do work and setting, setting hours of when I'm going to work and then be home and be able to shut the work mind off a little bit because yeah, it's been a challenge because knowing the need is the need is there. It's hard to turn away from it, but at the same time, understanding that in order to be, be able to be, you know, my best self when I am there at work, you do need that time for recharging and self-care. Yeah. Good to have some awareness of that and good to recognize when those boundaries are getting a bit blurred. Megan, how do you think about your, your profession and your career? You've been doing this for a couple of years. You're sound very passionate about the work that you're doing. Do you think about your career as a trajectory? You said you moved into being a nurse manager. So you've got a new um, sort of orientation in your job. Do you think about the next couple of years or um, uh, further than that? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I would, I would say, you know, and this is really, it's changed a lot from when I was in school in undergrad and in nursing school of what I, you know, kind of envisioned for the longer term plans. I would say right now I'm very much in like a, um, this is the work that I'm doing. I'm trying to be kind of present in that work, but at the same time, also be very open to and take opportunities that come to me. I would say, I feel very fortunate to work in an organization where even internally, there's a lot of opportunity for that and a lot of chances to, to grow and move to different roles, you know, both laterally and up just within that organization. And so I have the mindset, I, I guess right now of, you know, working in the role that I am, but also keeping my eyes open for, for opportunities that come, you know, and right now that, that is, you know, internally. Yep. And so in, in terms of what motivates you, and as you think about sort of what might be the longer term, couple of years from now, whatever that might be, what are the things that are important? And when I talk to different women, you know, some of them, it's all about the next title and promotion. For some women, they're very motivated by, you know, compensation as the next most important thing or managing people. What do you think about? What is What are the types of things that guide your, what you're, you might be exploring or thinking about in future years? Yeah. So I would say there's certainly always, you know, the money and opportunity to move up and increase title is, it can be very enticing and motivating, but I think that I always try to stay. And then I hope that I continue to keep motivated, you know, primarily by mission and in, you know, the opportunities that I take that I hope that I always stay grounded in, you know, am I feeling like I am very mission driven and feeling also feeling very like fulfilled in what I'm doing? And, you know, at the end of the day, am I 
am I happy with the position I'm in and the work that I'm doing? And also really, I hope that I continue to prioritize um, keeping good balance with my work and life and not getting caught up maybe in always moving forward to the next title or the next, you know, pay increase, but making sure that I, you know, through my career am able to, to have a really good, you know, work-life balance and stay happy. And also, like I said, stay fulfilled in the mission of the work that I'm doing. Yeah. When I hear you talk, Megan, what I'm hearing is that you sound very connected to the work that you're doing and the mission orientation of that is clearly something that is important to you and something that you sound very proud of as you should be um, very proud of that really important work. How do you think about your network? How do you think about looking to other people, whether they're in the profession that you have, the job that you have or outside where you work? every day for building that network and other connections um, in your professional development. Yeah, so I definitely appreciate the the importance and the value of of networking. I would I will say I know, you know, ending up where I am working now has definitely come from networking. I ended up with the internship at this organization because our our president, you know, said I went to the you know same university as me and that connection happened there. And then I met our CEO at a at a charity walk soon before I started working there. So I really appreciate the importance of that. I would say currently, you know, in the same way that I feel like the way that I think about my career progression is pretty internal right now. I also think about my networking in that way at this point. I think trying to keep an open mind and, and say yes to opportunities that come up for me, um, that especially ones that allow me to work with different individuals within the organization and different parts of the program. And, you know, whether that's something more clinically or something in that more like management realm, just saying yes to those opportunities to become exposed to different opportunities and also to work with different people. And, and also just being being in the place where there is opportunity. So you've made some connections through some of your you know, like activities that you do, charity walks, um, whatever. Last question I wanted to ask you, Megan, is just like coaching. You know, you've done quite a few things in the few years that you've been out there professionally working. Um, what's the best advice you ever received? Has there, have you had coaches that have helped you as you think about what you're doing next? Yeah, I think when thinking about this question, I, I think one of the best things for me has been uh, just like the permission that I think that I was given. And this first happened back in undergrad, you know, that you don't need to take like the expected or the traditional path. I think when I graduating from college, there was a lot of pressure to get a job right away. But taking that year to do do service work for a year really has shaped my career trajectory and what I feel like is a very positive way for me. Um, and also, you know, ending up right after nursing school, working in working in community health and in public health and as my first nursing job versus getting that first, you know, nursing job learning experience in a hospital setting was kind of different than a lot of my peers. So getting that permission and that advice is something that stuck with me. And I think um, has allowed me to stay true to my passions and where I feel driven to go, you know, and lead my career. So that's great, Megan. And so this has been just a terrific conversation. As we close out here, any last closing thoughts that you might want to share with listeners? So I think kind of similar to what I was saying, just in your career and in your work, making sure you're staying true to yourself, continuing to be fulfilled in what you do, you know, making changes if you're not feeling fulfilled and happy, and then always taking care of yourself too, and really striking that good balance between work and life. 
Sounds like you've got a lot of great perspective, Megan. This has been an excellent, inspiring women conversation. I have been speaking with Megan Kruger. And Megan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really great. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.